0: Hello and welcome to the Prostate Pod, a conversation about prostate cancer brought to you by the charity Prostate Cancer Research, dedicated to funding the science needed to beat this mass killer. My name is Ben Munro-Davis, I'm a trustee of the charity and my father died of the disease in 2015. Each week we'll be talking to all manner of people engaged in the battle against the illness that takes thousands of lives every year. Today we have a very exciting guest. So Matthew Bourne is a multi-award winning choreographer whose productions have been seen by millions across the world. But while he's been interviewed endlessly about ballet, modern dance and the arts, he's also a stalwart supporter of prostate cancer research. In the midst of lockdown too, he told me about his connection with the disease.
1: I guess my involvement with um, prostate cancer came before my involvement with the charity. Um, I My Father sadly passed away from prostate cancer about eleven years ago, I think it was, and um, he uh, it, it was quite a shock in a way because it, it wasn't something I knew much about at the time, um, and it wasn't it wasn't something he'd ever been tested for. So it was it he had it quite badly. I think he had quite a um, advance. It was quite advanced when it was found out that he had it. Um, of course. Being, I suppose I was about in my late 40s when he died, um, and I was advised to go along and have uh, uh, a test, a PSA test. So uh, being uh, having the family history, I suppose. Um, and I was fi- found to have uh, a high-ish uh, PSA level. Uh, so um, I've been sort of tested um, ever since uh, for the last, for the last 10 years, actually on and off. Um, uh, I've been, uh, going regularly to be, to, to be tested and my PSA level has risen during that time. Um, which is why I tested fairly regularly, but there's been no, uh, signs of cancer found. So I've been, I've been lucky. Um, and I think, uh, it's been. I guess what I do have is an enlarged prostate, so um, that seems to explain why my PSA is going up a lot. But but that's that's how um, I got involved with prostate cancer. But I got involved with a charity through my specialist, uh, Professor Dasgupta, uh, who put me in touch with Sonia and the team and asked me if I if I would get involved. And I I, I felt. Um, very much that it was something I wanted to talk about because I felt if I'd if it had been talked about a little more with around the time when my father was ill, I might have known a bit more and done a bit more about it to help him earlier on. I would have got him tested, I think.
0: Uh, it's fascinating. My, my father died of the, the disease uh, five years ago, and uh, certainly when he was diagnosed, uh, I was very shocked at how little I knew about the disease. Did you, did you know much about it when your dad told you?
1: No, I... I my dad was a bit confused by it by that point actually. And, and uh, I found it very difficult to talk to his doctors, um, to find out more about it at that time. And I, I, um, I didn't know anything about it. I, I think I'd, I, 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 I heard of it, obviously, you know, I'd heard of there were various types of cancer, but I didn't, I didn't know much. Of course I, I, I learned more very quickly. Um, but by that point it was too late for him, but I, I felt that, you know, I could have helped him if I'd known more.
0: And and we're all part of a generation where talking about stuff, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was never encouraged.
1: Yes, I know, and I. Uh, that's why I do talk about it now. You know, um, and people sometimes don't want you to talk about it. It sounds all a bit personal and a bit too much information. You know, they don't. They, but I do. I do. Uh, I, I, it's not something I keep quiet about, um, and just just the fact of telling people I'm going for you know a test another a test a regular test I tell people what it's what it's for. Um, particularly all the young dancers I work with, you know, uh, who it's so far from their sphere of um, knowledge. Really, I think it's probably good to place it in there somewhere, you know, to say that this is something to watch out for. I think probably because it's seen as an older person's uh, problem.
0: Uh, tell me about i mean some people when we're in the great debate about testing uh, mm. some people sort of say they they they'd rather not know they'd rather live on in ignorance, healthy but ignorant if you like uh, yeah. do, do you find it a shadow in your life going for a regular test
1: sort of in one way I do because it's sort of there's always that point where you get the results and <laughs> you you're always a little nervous on the day of getting the results i I've done it quite a few times now, so um i'm I'm very used to it. And the overriding feeling for me is always that it feels so much better being tested and knowing Uh, something that can be quite mysterious and you can be very unaware of. I feel very well um, looked after in a way. And I I never have missed uh, an opportunity to get tested because I feel it's better to know. Um, And it's something you often don't know about.
0: And I don't know if you could bear to do this, but for our listeners who, who mm-hmm. might not know much about the test, um, mm-hmm. uh, can you can you uh, roughly go through what you have to, to go through?
1: Oh, well, it's very simple, really. It's just a blood test, uh, the PSA test, to, to find out your PSA level, which gives uh, some indication of the possibility of the presence of cancer in the prostate. It's not... Um, uh, a definite thing as, as my case has been proved, you know, I've been doing these tests for 10 years and still not found anything. Um, so there, there are, um, I, I guess for that reason, in some ways, you know, I could have done without the, the, um, the worry for 10 years. Uh, but I think overriding that is the, is knowing that if it does come at some point, you know, it will be caught very early because it is in my family history. So I'm, you know, I'm quite pleased that I, that it's happening. But it's a very simple thing. I mean, I have, um, because my PSA level is much higher than it should be, much, much higher than it should be, um, I have also had uh, two or three biopsies uh, to look at, have, take a closer look. Um, and those have obviously not... Uh, Found anything either, but um, and MRI I have every uh, an MRI uh, screening I have every year, maybe once a year, just to, again to look a bit more closely. So, uh, various things, but the PSA test is is just a simple blood test.
0: And I don't know if you felt as well when I found out about my dad, I knew, I knew nothing about it, yeah. and also I was stunned how common it was. Yeah, and since then, uh, especially as we all get older. Uh, so many people, you know, get it.
1: Yes, and there, there's some, been some high-profile ones, haven't there? You know, with Steve McFry and um, is it Bill, Bill from Breakfast? What's it Bill Turnbull from Breakfast uh, TV, as it used to be? People that I both know a little bit and have met, you know, uh, several times, and it is a, it, it is quite common. Um, and I guess the thing—it's not something to be too scared of, actually, because uh, the thing I was told very early on is people more often to die with it than from it you know some uh, it's a very slow uh, developing cancer um so it's if it is caught early it's it's a very curable thing um so all the more reason to be tested from from the age of about 50 onwards i guess it's it's advisable to be tested but I, it's interesting you um you say that some people prefer not to and i i was astonished to hear that my my specialist, who is one of the top uh, names in, in prostate cancer research and men's health, has, has not been tested, has never had a PSA test. And I, I, I need to ask him more why, why he hasn't, um, but it's not in his family history, I suppose, and he, for some reason he doesn't feel he needs to, um, which I found extraordinary, but that was, um, that's the case
0: everyone's different i guess but yeah. uh, it, it, it's certainly a disease that um maybe because of the nature where it affects you uh men find particularly difficult to deal with i think
1: oh my goodness yeah i know and it's it's just something you have to get over it's you know it, it it's you're dealing with it's a medical thing you're dealing with doctors and things it's embarrassing of course you know um it it's not something you want to contemplate, which is why you have to talk about it more, actually, to make it feel more common and more ordinary and more straightforward, like going to the dentist or something, you know. Um, I think that's important, that it doesn't feel like a big deal. It's just a bit of embarrassment for, a, you know, for some.
0: Yeah, no, not, not, <laughs> the, not, the, not the strength of the British, I guess. No. Uh, <laughs> i mean it's fascinating you you mentioned um dancers and i i'd I be interested in um when you talk to them about it because i'd imagine on, on one level dancers are incredibly health conscious like there's, if yeah. there's a twinge in their calf they probably bring you up in the middle of the night um uh, uh does, does their health consciousness uh stretch beyond their physical injury uh
1: yes it does these days it hasn't always i mean lately i think uh, uh the dancers seem to be more um generally health conscious they're obviously fit and they they, they look after their bodies but um because uh, it's a high you know they, they they need to really look after themselves because that's their their tool their, that's their profession um but i think that things like diet and um, other forms of um uh, health uh, consciousness are, are, are really important to dancers these days I think but things like we've been talking about about prostate cancer, it feels so far away because the other thing about dancers is they're all very young and um, I'm you know the age gap between us is quite big these days you know so it's it is something that feels very far away for them.
0: Has there been a big push on mental health in dancing? There certainly has in my profession. I'm a journalist and I sort of oh, feel yes. talking about mental health is, is helping people talk about prostate cancer as well.
1: Yeah, well, it's a high-stress job, you know, uh, being a dancer and being a perf- any kind of performer, really, has its stresses. Um, and that's taken into account a lot more now. And um, uh, the other thing that people forget about dancers in particular is their career is quite short. <laughs> Uh, and they, there's a lot of stress and mental health issues around when do I stop and, and what am I going to do when I can't dance anymore. And it, it comes to you much earlier in life than it does for most people's professions. So that becomes a big issue for a lot of people in, in my profession. Um, and I think there's much more awareness of that now, and certainly as a company um, I hope that we are, looking into and helping people with their mental health in in ways that we certainly didn't 10 years ago it's become a much bigger issue now
0: when does a dancer stop
1: well it varies depending on how your body's doing you know and also other things come into play like um, families and for the women do they want to have a family and will they come back after they've had a child that kind of thing uh, sometimes the man the man is um, concerned about supporting his family, and uh, sometimes will give up a bit sooner to find another job, t- so that he can continue uh, working in that way. And um, the women also want to, you know, have more of a career these days, so they, they possibly put off having families till a lot later in life. I, I, it's there's a lot of decisions to be made for them, um, but but ultimately, I suppose. You're at your height uh, in your 20s, I think, and then in your 30s, you can still be excellent. You can still be um, uh, at the the height of your powers as performers and dancers, Um, and uh, technical skill can be very strong. But I suppose anywhere between late 30s into early 40s, for different people can become uh, more problems kick in. And it's, it can uh, you get you get some sort of miracles like Ed Watson, Edward Watson at the Royal Ballet, who's only just retiring at the age, I think he's forty three or something like that, uh, for a male dancer that's pretty old
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to be i'd love to be that old <laughs>
1: yeah. uh he's ancient to his colleagues but he's a he's yeah. sort of a bit of a miracle really he's brilliant um it, it really depends on how your body's doing
0: I, and i can't i mean i digressing onto ballet and uh, um but i, I can't not ask you about the year. I mean, I've been very yeah. lucky in my profession, you know, journalism.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest. COVID's been fantastic for You've it, had lots uh, to but talk for you, yeah. yeah, for you, it must have been devastating.
1: Well, it has been very much uh, like in, we were mid tour in March. You know, with, with our show, the Red Shoes, in doing a big UK tour, we had a big Asian tour coming up, would have taken us right through to October, um, and because my dancers are, are paid. Uh, by contract, you know, they're contracted for a period of time. They they were just out of work. Uh, they're freelancers, basically. Um, and this is the area, as you probably know, where there's been a lot of people who've slipped through the net of support um, from the government, and um, most of them have been in that situation. Uh, so it's been a very sad time to see quite a lot of people that I've worked with, and, and not just dancers, but the crew, and creatives around my shows um, uh, not have any work you know it's uh, they're highly skilled people and they've missed, they've missed out you know we'll, we'll be getting on for a year of work uh, by the time we get hopefully get back uh, which is devastating to most to anyone really isn't it um, not to be earning anything at that time but also it's that it's that gap in your career which is as I said a very short one anyway for many people uh, is really
0: devastating as well uh, do you feel that the, the, the corona' revealed that society still regards the arts as a sort of luxury not not part of the economy
1: <laughs> well <laughs> it's I've been a bit shocked, I suppose, that I, I didn't realise we, we were so unimportant to the government. Um, it, it's what it's felt like, that we were sort of at the bottom of the list, really. Um, and I've never felt like that before, particularly uh, in this country where the arts is so uh, internationally revered, I guess. You know, in, in many of our art forms, you know, really, um, it's, it's something we should be proud of. But uh, it seems not. Um, and I guess, you know, when it's a life death situation and those things come into play, then maybe to some people, it obviously doesn't seem important. It does seem quite frivolous, but, um, it is the thing that keeps us going, really. The thing that, the reason to get up in the morning, um, I, I, I hadn't quite realized how to some people it was, it was deemed to be, you know, bottom of the list really in importance. But I think we'll, it will prove to itself to, uh, apart from all the, the economic benefits of it, I think mentally speaking and f- for, the, for, our, uh, for our mental health, the arts is going to be what gets us back uh, to a, a sense of positivity uh, in this situation we've been in for a long time now.
0: Well, I'm certainly missing terribly, uh, missing it terribly, and I'm sure there'll be, hopefully by the middle of next year, some wonderful shows with packed houses as people uh, relish the opportunity to go and witness your work again. Um, th- there's end the conversation about go- going back to prostate cancer. Um, yeah. Given your experience, what, what would your message be to somebody listening to this who doesn't really know much about the disease uh, um, and is maybe is it his, his, his or his her ears are pricking up that maybe they should learn more
1: well it's it's something that you i I think from my own experience what i would say because i i suppose it's not something you you would need to think about to you a little older but but who do you know you know who your parents your grandparents who do you know that you might want to encourage you know to go along and get a very very simple test done that could save their lives you know and i i wish i'd known that when i was a lot younger and it's certainly something i would have <laughs> uh, encourage my father to do. Um, so I would say it's it's not something that only older people need to think about. It's something that we can help others with, uh, and to encourage others to 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 get tested. Um, and it's not
0: something to be scared about. That was the Matthew Bourne talking to me, Ben Munro Davis, on the Prostate Pod. Brought to you by the charity, Prostate Cancer Research. The music is Sweet Vermouth by Kevin MacLeod. Thanks for listening.